Hello, everybody. It's Megan. It's the Behavior Project Podcast. I hope that you are doing well. Um, I'm not sure where you live, but summer's done. I hope it was a good one for you. I hope it was memorable. Um, We had some great experiences, and we had some challenging ones, but it was good. It was a great one. Um, Oddly enough, at the time of this podcast, which it's August 18th, We have not started school. I think, I know in my family, so my nieces, nephews, all of them, we're the last standing ones. Up here in the north, listen, school starts last. But all well, it is pretty much summed up because this coming week is when it starts for us. But I really wanted to dedicate the next few episodes to something that I think is a little more endearing to my heart because the idea of starting school, and I'm not, and here's here's what I, I want to put a disclaimer out. This is not for a specific type of school. It is the change going from summer to fall, from a relaxed season to, okay, it's hustle and bustle of the fall. We've got, usually usually there's a tighter schedule and it, it's uh, busier. You know, there's just a change from loose and relaxing to now sweatshirts and it's a little more procedural. It's in no matter what the lifestyle looks like, it tends to bring change. And sometimes I think we correlate that for most people with going back to school. And when I remember when I went back to school, like I would sit for two weeks, I'd I'd go through stages, like the stages of grief. And it really was, I'd be super excited. I was excited about the new clothes and new items. And then it was, oh my gosh, Who's going to be my classes? What if I don't know them? Oh my gosh, homework. And you know how I am with math. It was, it really began to build up anxiety. And I realized it was really irrational fear. A lot of it because I wasn't really even sure what I was fearful of the closer that I got. A lot of it was, as I realized looking back, fear of the unknown. You know, what bus do I ride on? What if I miss it? What if, you know, a lot of the things that are just out of my control because each day I did not know. So this isn't speaking, okay, if you go to public school, this is preparation for that. If you're homeschool, this is leaving you out. Actually, it's not because we all, everyone goes through the changes. And this whole idea of anxiety, I think has become more and more of a conversation that either you're for and you understand, you agree, you believe in it, whatever you are on that spectrum. And then there's other people that think, you know, this is still not, a, you know, we're making it too much of a media, media spectacle and it's not real. Get a hold of yourself. So I feel like there's a big spectrum here, but I think it deserves being talked about because I, I, I work in the mental health behavioral field and I see it. And, and a lot of times with anxiety, it becomes this thing that internal, we internalize something Maybe it's just a small statement or it's a fact or it's something we know it's coming ahead and we fill in the gaps. And so we make it a very um, mentalistic conversation with ourselves. We fill in the blanks, right? And we build irrational fears, which builds up our anxiety. So here's the deal. What do we do? So either we have struggled with anxiety and and guess here, let me take the taboo out of this. Everybody has dealt with anxiety, whether it's a disorder or it's something that you become anxious about because you're, it's a looming event. It's, it's something unknown. And once that's over, it's over. But it's not meant for something, some people or some ones 
that are struggling with mental health. So let's just take that out of the room. This And again, this isn't just for people that are returning to a specific type of school. So get that, that, that idea out of your head. This is for, this is for everyone because it just happens that when it comes to school, that's what made me anxious. And I see it a little bit in my, my own kids. This idea of, oh my gosh, what do I do? What if I have homework? What if the kids don't like me? What if I can't make friends? And, and so forth. So I want to have the conversation because I think if we know at least what it is and are familiar with it and take the taboo out of the room, that we're able to help not just ourselves, but those around us that we love and that we were possibly able to help just by sometimes doing some simple simple little things. So let's first look and see what what does the Bible say? Because I think that's a great, important place, of course, to go, right? The source. What does it talk about? What is anxiety? And, And so one thing I have said, and I think is so cool, is psychology and science have finally met up. They match. Now, I'm sure psychology in some of the psychology textbooks are not going to refer to biblical truth, but you can pull out and can find facts that are biblical that match up with psychology. But let's look. So in Matthew 6, 27, it says the Bible does not state what causes anxiety because God considers anxiety to be the, the, the crisis of faith. The belief here is that anxiety shows that the person has not yet been able to put full trust in God because fear itself is something that is meant to be relinquished as every person is meant to be a part of God's plan. I think that's pretty good, right? So in other words, what does being anxious do um, that helps us? It can't be all bad, right? Sometimes there's the fight or flight. There's good things that can come from anxiety. Um, So this question is not, it's not just religious. It's not a religious question, but it's also about anxiety. So there are those that struggle with anxiety, panic attacks even, sometimes daily. Sometimes it's just, they get so overwhelmed in a certain circumstance, outside of that, they're fine. Okay, so sometimes worrying that they may suffer from a, um, like a disease, something irrational. I don't have a disease, but what if I do? My grandma did, what if I do? Or the risk of some kind of danger. You know, I walk down the street and I might be mugged. You know, so irrational fears. But what does worrying about something do to cure it, help, right? Um, what does it? What does thinking that you may be at risk do to improve your life? So the the answer here is that worrying about anxiety does it does nothing to improve our lifespan. I could go figure that was probably truth, right? Worrying doesn't do anything. It's never been proven to be the benefit of curing something. However, what can it do, right? Um, it's, it's simply the result of uncertainty. And the Bible teaches the idea that, that uncertainty is essentially the distrust in God's plan. I heard this years ago um, from a friend of mine. I was really struggling because I couldn't stop worrying. At, and just name it, I, I worried. And it usually was about finances or because we were at the season of starting to pay back school loans. And if you've been there, listen, it elicits 
fear, especially if it's like an amount you didn't choose to pay is an amount that's astronomical to your small, small income. And so I remember talking to my friend and I'm like, well, how do you manage it? What do you do? <coughs> and she's, she made a statement that I had never heard. And I think at the time I was, I was kind of offended because I thought I'm not evil. I'm just asking, how do I manage this this thought process because it feels like it's all consuming. And she had said, worrying is actually, it's you're choosing not to, to give it to God. You know, so here she said it so much better than I did. And I wish that there was a way that I could have her say this again, but it may, for some reason for me, it clicked. So it was that when I worry, I was trying to take control of that thought that even if I didn't know the details of it, it was not within my control. I didn't know the outcome. And there I sat there kind of um, reviewing this, these what ifs, you know, those what if questions, rather than hand it over to God and say, look, it's in your hand. I'm putting that your, your footstool, if you will. Therefore, you don't want us to worry. I'm going to give what I don't know, don't understand, can't handle. And I'm going to put it before your, the foot your feet, your feet, <laughs> your doorstep, whatever, whatever you want to, however you want to picture it. And I'm going to leave it for you. I'm going to hand it to you, right? We are, we're showing distrust if we sit and just worry, right? Cause we're not handing over what we just can't handle. What's even out of our control. And so when she did that, that was enough of a picture for me that it was like, okay, oh my gosh, in a way that I'm sinning because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, sitting in worry and I'm distrusting his ability to take control of that circumstance or even my ability to process that mentally. So if that helps you, that helped me. All right. So there's um, fear with that anxiety. Sometimes we see parallels, parallelizations between anxiety and fear and fear simple enough. In Isaiah 41 10, it says, don't be afraid. I'm with you right with you. He's walking beside you, the creator and wherever you stand in your faith, if you walk alongside someone, right? Sometimes that brings comfort. And if we are walking by ourselves, especially at a moment of crisis, it can elicit this sense of um, isolation. And it can also increase that feeling of fear often, many times, because we're sitting in our own feelings, we're kind of reviewing it over and over again. And it becomes irrational after a while because we have no one to bounce the ideas off as well, or also to help us kind of get back to reality. And so we embellish um, our truths very quickly. But as a Christ follower, I do want to stick by this. It says fear is specifically addressed in the Bible multiple times. The Bible explains that God always has a plan. And those that truly believe that anything that happens is God's will shouldn't experience the same fear, especially when we're not even in danger, right? So fear is a natural human emotion, just like anxiety. It can happen. Sometimes there's good purposes from it. It doesn't, it's not meant to be a terrible thing as long as it's controlled. But those that experience fear when no fear is present are likely struggling to believe God's plan. There's the truth. Sometimes we just don't trust it enough to say, okay, what I don't know, it's okay, but I know someone that that does. I don't have to know everything to, to know that someone is in control and knows my best interests at heart. Um, so there it is. It's tough. Gosh, gosh. But yeah, 
from anxiety comes fear and also also then things come there's also things that can come from that as well like um, anxiety can come from change right I have a family well my sister's family they up and moved to another state because they felt like they wanted to be closer down there it's fast though everything was fast and I I'm thinking oh my gosh if I were in that situation it all is turning out good it's all good don't worry but there's a lot of change for these these kids in new environment new schools new friends right and it's it's all going to turn out good and sometimes we think why are we being pushed in this direction i don't know what's going on way too much change but sometimes we're being pushed into something that is good for us but there's a lot that you know a lot of bumps along the way that can elicit that fear that concern because we don't know what's we don't know what the heck's going on so with change here's another verse and all these verses are just there are I want to grab from biblical truth because that is sound. It's consistent and sound. But Jeremiah 29, 11 through 12, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you hope in a future. So in in for them, just like for you um, and, and countless others, there's major life changes that can cause anxiety. Name it that can do it. And sometimes it's not even a major change. Sometimes it's just minor enough. It's uncomfortable. You know, it's out of your comfort zone and it elicits that that sense of anxiety, which also can become fear because of change, because it's, it's un- unknown. Um, presumably because it represents a loss of support, comfort from your daily life. It can be a move. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one. Even if you knew they were so ill, it was it was better off that they passed because they were so miserable or sick or or whatever the situation is. It's still a lot of change. And so even if, if it could be a change in your schedule, whatever it is, right? Maybe it's you're no longer working from home. You've got to go back to the physical building. Whatever it is, it can become a problematic, stressful event. But according to the Bible, here's hope. Change is also part of his plan. Yeah, yeah, there's the secret, right? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's meant to be. Sometimes we're being pushed into a direction that by yourself, if you didn't do if it didn't happen, you wouldn't do it. And therefore that change would not um, result because you're sitting in the same place and not that place. You can't grow in that place because you're not being pushed out, out of your comfort zone. So sometimes there's a belief. I'm not sorry, not sometimes. Therefore, the belief in God and faith in God will help you feel that there's no such thing as a bad change. Even if you don't necessarily like all the details or how it's turning out initially, if you know God has walked before you and this is his plan, after all, you know it has to be a good plan because he orchestrated that and he's not going to, like it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans he has for you are good, not for disaster, not for harm. And it's to give you a future and a hope. It's to do all that, even if it's uncomfortable, right? Sometimes change is uncomfortable. Sometimes it it doesn't feel good. It's it it stretches you, right? It's to make you stronger in the best version of yourself. So, what about a lack of control? That'll do it, right? You don't know what's going on. Maybe you're being pushed to do a project that you don't feel equipped for. Um, 
you don't feel like you have the um the credentials for it the experience what if they find out that you're not equipped for this they but yet someone puts you in that position or is pushing you in that direction to do this because they feel like there's something there there's something there that shows that you can do this but even if someone feels that you can do this and feels that you're equipped it can feel like there's a lack of control right but even if there is a negative connotation to this maybe it's an experience that is not good maybe it's a relationship that is not good what ecclesiastes 7 14 says a man cannot discover anything about his future i that sounds pretty dismal i'm not sure but it sounds dismal but so let's see okay so things like toxic work environments mm, listen i i have my own story but there's there's all kinds of environments where sometimes it's not ideal. Maybe if it was you, up to you, you would take yourself out of this situation, whether whatever it is. Maybe maybe you're in a church right now that it you know you feel like you've grown, or there's maybe there's some gossip going on, and you're like I gotta go. But it, you know for some reason you don't feel like this is the season to go. Maybe it's a job situation, and you're like oh gosh I don't know what it is, but I don't feel comfortable. Not sure what it is. It's, it, you know, nothing really bad's happened, but I'm here. I feel a lack of control. I feel like I'm not growing, but I'm here. And maybe you're just sitting in that position until that next door opens. So sometimes it's, it's a relationship or simply life events that are not turning out as expected. Maybe, it, I don't know what it is. I don't know. And I think I could, I can go on and I could start to list this stuff and never hit where you're at. But regardless if you're in this situation there are issues that can cause you to feel as though you are losing control and when you lose control or you feel like control is out of whack that anxiety can increase right while you have while you have free will to choose what you please god is the only one that ultimately makes that choice and that whatever you experience is part of god's plan for you so in in psalm 55 22 it says so cast your burden upon him and he will sustain you he will never allow the righteous to be shaken so even though it's you know it's difficult it's a tough tough situation you'll walk through it if it's the plan that he has for you he's gonna walk you right through it it doesn't mean there won't be bumps it doesn't mean it's going to be a little uncomfortable because I think if it's always easy, we don't, we can't grow, right? We can't be, grow because we're, our faith isn't being challenged. We're not put in, uh, in a position that we have to rely on him. If it's always smooth, it's always like being on vacation and, you know, walking along a beach and there's no rugged terrain. We're not challenged. We're never, never uncomfortable, let alone our, our emotions aren't challenged how is our faith challenged, right? How are we having to rely on on him to help us get through that moment? I don't know, right? I'm sure his plan would be completely different if the plan of how we live would be different, if the plan of this earth would be completely different, but it's not. And so this idea of anxiety, it's it's a real thing, guys. It's real. And so even but I I you know, I think there's things that we can do also to reduce the anxiety. I think there's things we can do to become aware of so we can help others. Because even if we may not see 
how something can make someone anxious for someone else, it is real. So whether it is maybe just the simple thing of you didn't get in the right, the kid, your child rather, I'm sure you're out of math class, but your child didn't get in the right math class with all of their friends. So they're put in some, another math class. And maybe it's not the class that they want to be in. Maybe it's something that will challenge them so they can build that skill. Either way, it will turn out, it's going to turn out for good, but helping convince them that's different. So, so what can we do to address and manage anxiety in our lives or someone else's lives? So first of all, we have to embrace it. We have to acknowledge the source of the anxiety. What is the source for someone else may not be for us. And and, and here's the truth. We may not understand, even be able to empathize if we don't understand, if we don't see it ourselves. It doesn't mean it's not real for someone else. We need to tell ourselves that it's okay to feel anxious. In fact, it's part of the human condition. It is. I've had people argue with me about this, that only people that are diagnosed with an anxiety disorder can feel anxious, and that is a complete falsehood. That is not true. Have you ever been ready for a presentation, and this presentation, how people receive it, rather, will result in whether your company um, will receive a bonus or um, receive some kind of grant? There's going to be some kind of anxiety there. You want to do well. You want to be articulate. You want to be able to answer everyone's questions so everyone walks away ready to sign that check. There's going to be a level of anxiety there. Now, if you have a diagnosis of anxiety, an anxiety disorder rather, it's going to be on a whole different level. But the truth is you people, everyone at some point has been anxious. Everyone. Everyone. Um, so... To train ourselves to embrace anxiety is really important. To spend that moment to think, why am I anxious? And to look at it, is it a rational thought? Is it something that's way out of my control? Is it real? If I am also feeling anxious, it's really important to make sure that I'm around someone that I trust and inform them, hey, I'm, I'm really having trouble at this time. I really don't want necessarily your advice. I want you just to please just listen and then we can talk about it. Sometimes just having that listening ear and to vent that helps you to understand, first of all, that maybe what you were holding to yourself for a little bit was irrational. You begin to entertain all kinds of thoughts about whatever it is, whether it's, oh my gosh, that person doesn't like me because they looked at me wrong. And then going down a rabbit hole because you spent time just thinking of all the what ifs and filling in every WH question, you know, about what that was. And eventually it becomes that, it's like the telephone game. It starts as one concept, you entertain it, and it becomes completely different by the time you realize you're thinking about it, or maybe someone drew that out of you, and you realize, oh my gosh, this is not even rational anymore. And so remind yourself that you are not mentally ill. When you think of anxiety, don't don't classify yourself all of a sudden as, oh my gosh, I'm mentally ill. It, it's an anxiety. And if there is an anxiety disorder, there are many things professionals can do to help. But these simple things is acknowledging your anxiety and then bringing it into your conscious awareness and to weaken the mental and physical bonds of that memory that, that are making you anxious. Start to acknowledge things that that are helpful to you that um, can help you manage it, right? So 
is this something that I can control? No, I cannot control it. So if I can't control this, who can help me control it? If this is then also what is good and important to look at is this thing, is this a truth or is this a lie? If, if it's a lie, let it go. Put it in the trash, if you will. If it's truth, what can I do different to help this? What can I do different to kind of make this a better situation um, as well? Train yourself to look at those moments that you feel anxious to then acknowledge what's your fear. What are the things you're concerned about? Where can I get that help? So if it's if for you, if this is your if this is your student and math for me was not my thing, but if like going back to school and math is not your thing and that elicits your child's fear, what can you tell them to do? Math may never, here's this thing, math may never be their thing and that's okay, but how can you help them get through that to learn what they need to learn, but to get through that experience so it's not the most traumatic thing that they've experienced. So they walk out feeling successful and that they've managed it to the best of their ability, right? Entertain what they can. What is their strength in that circumstance? What can they control? Well, I can do my homework, right? I can tell someone this is not my best assignment or this my best subject, but this is what I can do. And if I don't know what to do, here are people that can help me. Simple, simple things like that. And then talking about it. Yes, math is not my thing, but I don't have to feel defeated by not being a math genius. But these are things I can do. And in order to get through math, because there are simple things I have to know about math, I don't have to necessarily do math as a professional, but these are these. there are some things I need, need to know and learn about so that I do feel better, but so that I do feel successful in math. So that's a silly, simple example, but we can apply it to anything so that anxiety doesn't overwhelm us and it doesn't defeat us. Because we're at one point or another, whether it's math or something completely different, we're going to encounter anxiety at some point. And if you can learn those simple tips yourself, well, then you're able to help not just yourself, but someone else that you love. So until then, have a great first day of school. And I'll talk soon. Have a great one.